0: What does it
1: mean when someone disappears without trace, leaving no clue as to their whereabouts? Every day we read of kidnappings, abductions or disappearances in places like El Salvador and other countries in South America. But people disappear in places far closer to home. Recently we had the kidnapping of Ben Dunn and some years ago the long-drawn-out Jerema Affair. In Northern Ireland, the most publicised disappearance was the kidnapping of German businessman Thomas Niedermeyer nearly ten years ago. What isn't as well known is that the tiny village of Cross McGlen in South Armagh is today shaken by the disappearance of three of its menfolk. For the families of the missing men, the wait for their return has been a very long wait. Local politician Paddy O'Hanlon has been trying to bring their heartbreak to the attention of the public.
2: Jerry Evans has been missing for some years now. Uh, the circumstances surrounding his disappearance are as mysterious, if not more mysterious, than the rest. Inasmuch as um, he was thumbing out a lonely road, seen thumbing out a lonely road, and um, in the aftermath of that was never seen again. Um, quiet fella, um, no uh, exceptional. Um, attributes, no record of involvement, uh, no record whatsoever of any activity that would lead one to believe that um, exceptional circumstances in his case existed for his disappearance.
3: What more can I only that He went away about a quarter to two on Sunday, the 25th of March, 79, for to go to his pals. They used to go down to Blaney in the afternoon and he didn't go to the dance, he was supposed to be seen looking to lift home at about 11 o'clock at the corner in Castle Blaney. And he hasn't been seen since well, we never got no word from him. And we appealed to everybody, the guards and the police and the television and all. But no one came forward to say that they lifted him or anything. So we just don't know what happened to him because he wasn't a fella that would go away without telling us. He was awful fond of, you know, his home and the rest of the children. So it wasn't like him to do that. So I don't know what to think. And we'll watch, we watched every day, the post to see whether there be a letter or a phone call or somebody come and tell us, but no one came forward. So we're still waiting and hoping.
2: Charlie Armstrong, um, the second disappearance, uh, last August, I believe it was, Um, was an extremely well-respected man in the local community, quiet man, um, kept himself to himself. The family are held in high regard in the area, just like the families of the other people who disappear. Um, In his case, his car was found in Dundalk. He'd set out um, on on a journey. Uh, The car was found, but no sign of uh, Charlie himself. Once again... No question of uh, involvement, no question of uh, uh, exceptional circumstances existing whereby he should suddenly mysteriously disappear. Uh, Once again, absolutely no sign uh, of what happened to him, no information as to his whereabouts.
4: Well, he went left the house at 10 o'clock on Sunday the 16th of August to collect a neighbour. He we seen then driving around the town, in a sort of a daze. Well, uh, the next day we were doing searches and inquiries by ourselves, the family, and the telephone call came from the guard in Dundalk that they'd found the car at the Delphi Cinema. So when we went out to Dundalk, they had the car in the barracks and were sending it on to Dublin. But. Uh, their tests come back then the if was all clear there was no sign of a struggle or anything in the car so uh, we concentrated then on the dock people thought they'd seen them but still not indefinite so there was a search then organised by the town people so they covered different areas throughout the north and the south as far as then Patrick and Bondoran. So still, people thought they seen him, but they weren't sure. So we just left it then to the Gardie. Sean Murphy uh,
2: set out uh, to visit his girlfriend, who was in hospital in Newry. Once again, um, absolutely no evidence, no sign of his whereabouts, no indication as to what might have happened to him.
5: On the 4th of December, he went in to see Anne Grant in the hospital from two o'clock, or half past two, I don't know what time the visiting time was at, and he came back home here around four, and he took us dinner, and him and I had a, a great chat here together, talking about Christmas and about everything, and uh, he even asked me to go with him, into C see Anne that evening, he said there was no one going with him, only her mother and her daughter-in-law, and he wanted me to postpone where I was going with my daughter-in-law, which was to the hairdressers. He wanted me to postpone that until one evening of the week coming in. And uh, I said, no, I didn't want to let Roma down. And uh, I was even giving him money because he talked about he had a car of his own here, but it wasn't roadworthy and he had to borrow cars. And he said he was getting his sister's car that night. And I said, why not ask his father for the car when he came back? And that was about quarter past six, John told me, when he came back, that Sean asked him for the car And he didn't know until that, and he left at a quarter to seven. I didn't see him afterwards. Now, it came on till uh, about 12 o'clock I got a bit panicky about him. I thought maybe he was in a pub. But he wasn't drinking. He would only take a pint or two. And... uh, He didn't come home, and it came on to 2 o'clock, and it came on to 3. John went to bed, and so did Eamon, and uh, I didn't go to bed at all, and John came back up here, and we sat until half-past 6. And we went to bed, and I got up again at 7. And it was then that we discovered at half-past 8 that he hadn't gone to Daisy Hill Hospital in Newry. Mrs Grant never saw him. It wasn't until then. So we started to make inquiries about it and um, we, we haven't had a clue of where they went to.
1: Jerry Evans, Charlie Armstrong and Sean Murphy have disappeared without trace from the Cross McGlen area. The theories on what happened them follow an obvious pattern.
2: Some of the more popular theories of course range across the various um, uh, groups who carry guns in this community. There are, there's a school of thought that would make a case for the provisional IRA having lifted them, for the INLA having lifted them, for the British Army having lifted them, for the SAS having lifted, them, for the having lifted them, for the RUC having lifted them, for the RUC Reserve, for the UDR having lifted them. That runs through the gamut, save for the loyalist paramilitaries, uh, of various hues, who are also um, accused of lifting them.
1: Whatever the reasons for these men disappearing, all of them have been reported missing to the RUC. We asked the RUC for their comments, and they provided us with this statement. Adult persons have the right to disappear if they so choose, and police inquiries
2: are only instigated where there's reason to suspect that the disappearance is not voluntary, and where relatives ask them to intervene. In cases in which the police are involved, the investigations are continuous.
1: So what did some of the families try to do to find out what happened to their loved ones?
6: We've gone a lot of trouble, and our neighbours and friends as well wanted a lot of trouble. We went to two caravans one in Dublin, which had a busload of friends and neighbours from the district in Dublin all day and all overnight, tramping the streets. We never got anything there. We went to another man in Kells. He told us a different story altogether. He told us that he he was dead and we'd find his body in Dundalk Bay. We got a busload of friends again and neighbours. They went out and searched along with the Dundalk yardie, searched the bay and... On Sunday morning, the divers from Uri came out and dived every place that they couldn't walk, found nothing.
4: We, we've tried very hard to get our father back. We've been away nearly every weekend. We, first of all, go and report it to the guards. Stations, as some of them have not heard about it. And we leave photographs and details there. We then go to the parochial house and ask for them to put it in the weekly bulletin. We then uh, do hotels, shops, off license, anything like that. And some hotels there will let you look at the register to see what you notice if it's handwritten or uh, whatever. Guest houses,
1: bed and breakfast, that sort of thing. The wife and son of Charlie Armstrong and the lengths they've gone to over the last five months. How does local politician Paddy O'Hanlon feel when he meets the Armstrongs? and the other families who wait. When one meets a
2: relative of the missing uh, people, uh, one experiences uh, a sense of failure on one's own part. For instance, I feel that uh, I should be able to give some information to them as to what has happened to the missing person. And one experiences a personal sense of failure that you're not uh, bringing forward information. Uh, that would help lead to the whereabouts. In the case of, the, of the, a, a conversation with uh, the families of those who are missing uh, you just really don't know what to say. I mean you can't very well say to them I'm sorry for your trouble because you don't know if trouble has been visited upon them in the tragic sense of the word. You know that the trouble exists um, that the people are missing, that they're suffering, uh, going through a very harrowing time.
3: It has a terrible effect on us anyway. It's, we have no Christmas no more, no Christmas tree or anything for the rest of the children. It's very hard to explain to them why that we can't have one, you know. are just hoping from day to day. But the house is not the same at all. they are always watching at night, you know with care or footstep or something like that always hoping that somebody will come and tell you that he might come back himself or something that's all he can say, it's a terrible waiting and if you hear tell of anyone being found, well, your heart just stops until you know, then it's, you know it's nothing to do with you but whoever did do it if anyone did do it just let us know where we could find them that's all each time something like this happens in the area, it brings it all back to us again. And we go through the same as we did then in the beginning. And praying that they'll turn up as well. If they did, there was a chance that jerry would come back as well. That's all.
7: It's very hard to, to say exactly what uh, way a body feels about something like this. Um you just waiting all the time for a phone call or a message that maybe somebody has seen him someplace and but we haven't had any word at all either by phone or nobody has reported seeing him at uh, any place so the waiting has been probably the worst and the hardest part of the whole
2: thing. It's this emotional limbo that gets you all the time. This business that they're, uh, in some ways, like uh, um, the famous paintings of Michelangelo in the Sistine Chapel, where he's depicted himself in Saint Bartholomew's skin hanging between heaven and hell. And to a large extent, that's the sort of image that comes to my mind when I think of the families. Um, of, um, of the four men who are missing. My contact with um, some of those families uh, could be greater now but w- because of this sense of failure uh, that there's no information um, to uh, give to them because um, one doesn't want to rake over old coals more than is necessary and um, bring back to mind all the circumstances all the time Um, I haven't been in as close a contact as I might have liked but really at the end of the day it's this business about heaven and hell, this emotional limbo, uh, this um, oscillation between um, euphoria if you like that maybe uh, the people are alive and this depression that they're dead must be very emotionally harrowing for all those
5: involved. Well, it's hell, and uh, you're wondering where he is and if he's alive or dead, and you're wondering if he's cold or hungry. Because I don't think he had any money with him to keep him... Well, he had money, but not enough to keep him going. And wherever he is or whoever knows anything about him, would it let us know it's just a
6: headache from morning to night every car that pulls up or every strange car i see i'm constantly looking into them And anyone stranger comes to the door or even the army even they pull up at the house i imagine they have news but no no news of any description i'm watching the police day and night too they have no news
1: jerry evans charlie armstrong and sean murphy All disappeared from the Cross McGlenn area which is sometimes referred to as the murder triangle or no-go area but in a much quieter place altogether in the town of Newcastle bordering the Newry Morn district another disappearance a year ago 27 year old Eugene Simons his father waits and remembers
8: well first of all my son was born and raised here in Newcastle County Down and uh, he was uh, a third uh, of our family, there was ten of a family, he was uh, three boys and seven girls. He served his time as a plumber and heating engineer, and uh, was well known around the county town, Castlewell, Newcastle, Kilkeel area, in connection with his work. When his wife died, he came to live with us, his parents, in Newcastle, and he came home with three of a family, two little girls and a boy. The baby was just about three to four months old. The other little girl was a year and a half and the wee boy coming three. He wasn't very long in our house until it was visited by the UDR and police. He was taken away on a number of occasions for interrogation. It looked to me as if he was the one that they were interested in. Having two other sons living in the house, along with myself, my wife, and other members of our family, there was no interest shown on in any other members of my family by the security forces. It's a known fact that in August 1980 he was taken to some sort of an interrogation by armed men out of a pub in Dundalk. At that time. He went away on a Sunday, and he didn't return until the early hours of Thursday morning. It's against that background that we now fear for his safety. On the uh, New Year's Eve, one of his friends arrived up and invited him to a party in the Fountain Bar in Cassinwellyn. He went along to that party. The following day, the same gentleman that took him from at Bryansford to the social evening in Kessonwellen arrived at 1.30 in the day. They were short of potatoes and milk and Eugene took the key of the house in Bryansford for there was a supply of milk and potatoes in Bryansford and they went off to get the milk and potatoes. It was a cold evening and uh, Eugene left wearing his new shoes Good suit trousers, pullover, and short, no jacket. When I say no jacket, I mean he was dressed. Short, pullover, trousers, new shoes. That was his clothing. That is the last that his wife has seen or heard of Eugene. I have got more or less a blank. Plenty of rumour in the neighbourhood. Plenty of gossip. Plenty of idle talk. But the facts are... We, as his parents, are left with two orphaned youngsters, one three-year-old and the other four. His little boy from the first marriage is with the first wife's people. His second wife is with her parents, residing in Downpatrick with a newborn baby. Doesn't know what way to turn. We, he, hasn't, uh, he has a, an insurance policy on himself with the Irish life. His bank account in the local bank is now run out and I'm paying now 12 to £15 pounds per month to keep his bank account viable in the interest of his children because there is money involved here if in the event of him being dead or deceased, as I should say, if we can locate a body, then his youngsters would have some form of compensation and insurance coverage. Without that, we would be in some difficulties. I have every reason to believe that he is deceased, and I am appealing directly to the people who assassinated or killed him to at least have the decency to let us have his body forthwith in the interests of his youngsters. I will not be a beneficiary to any money forthcoming. The policy is clearly made out to his youngsters. I never could have anticipated this happening in our home or in this part of County Town. But unlike so many parents throughout the length and breadth of Northern Ireland today, this young lad has obviously been caught up in a violent situation, though thank God there wasn't a lot of violence around our area. There's areas that has been worse, but we're only one of the thousands that are affected by this evil, by this cancer in our midst, and I would appeal To parents, to know where your youngsters are at night, social evenings, etc. Know where they are because I would not want anyone to be saddled or in the same situation as we find ourselves at this time. The boys that used to come to the door looking for him to go here, there and everywhere, places where possibly we never knew he was, They no longer knock. They no longer want to see me. And those people who I have asked in good faith for confidential information have nine times out of ten given me a complete blank or an evasive answer. But the facts are, knowing Eugene as I knew him, as his father, he never, number one, would have walked out on his new wife. Second wife, he never would have walked out on the youngsters of his first marriage and left them, two with us and a little boy, Tony, in Belfast. And against that background, I am once again asking for his body. As far as we are concerned here, my wife has undergone uh, two major operations in uh, coming to the end of 1980 and returned from a hospital bed here for to do her best to try and uh, rear these kids and bring them up. And uh, we everything seemed to be going well. Eugene got married again and was settled down. And then on the first of January, this horrible thing should happen. It this uh, uh, had a terrible effect right across our whole family life. And uh, when we would go out in social evenings, uh, very often our evenings would be ruined by people who would have known that Eugene had gone. There would be making inquiries, and that uh, caused my wife a lot of uh, annoyance. Uh, glad to hear if the inquiry has been made, but we never were able to get any useful information. It was just, uh, uh, How are you, Mrs. Simons? Any word of Eugene? And uh, that would really start uh, my wife to get tensed up. And uh, it was a never ending serial. Uh, it has had a tremendous effect on the rest of our family, and at least uh, we would uh, appreciate anyone that would be in a position to give us any worthwhile uh, information or news regarding his whereabouts. Uh, eventually, uh, we'll have to get over this. There's thousands upon thousands of other families in Northern Ireland who have been bereaved in one way or another through this terrible sequence of events. The only thing I never thought that it could happen to us, I thought this part of County Down, at least, that wouldn't happen to me, but no one knows who rears a family today in Northern Ireland, what's going to arrive at their doorstep. Uh, Anywhere else I have made inquiries, and God knows I have made inquiries over the length and breadth of the country. I have made inquiries in Limerick. I spent part of a summer holiday in Limerick. I have spent summer holiday in Ballinale. I've spent part of my holiday in Donegal. I've been around. I have asked people, and I'm sure, quite sure, There's quite a number of people that I have been in contact with who would not want their name divulged. And people like that I have good respect for, and I would not want to divulge their names. But I have made exhaustive inquiries, and still doing so. The boys that used to come to the door looking for them especially, they have been most evasive. And uh, I have good reason to believe that they know a lot, but they're afraid for one reason or another to come clean. These two little girls. Una is at school now, four years of age, and Pauline is at play school. I am now 55 years of age, and possibly I'll see them with a bit of luck well on their way before my day would come. If it works in reverse, and I am called for some reason or other before three score and ten, then so be it. I will have to depend on other members of my family to step into the breach that I have left. But it's my intention to rear those kids.
1: That recording was made for this documentary some time ago, but because of the family's need for news of Eugene, that appeal by his father was broadcast just before Christmas. Like Walter Simons, we hoped it might jog somebody's conscience somewhere and that Walter Simons might get some word about his son. However, the Simons family has still heard nothing, and their wait continues. On the surface, there appears to be some differences between this case and the other three cases in Cross McGlenn. Eugene came from a relatively quiet town, unaccustomed to violence. Eugene was not alone when he disappeared. Eugene may well have been involved with some paramilitary group. Despite these differences, there are marked similarities between the cases of Jerry Evans, Charlie Armstrong, Sean Murphy, and Eugene Simons.
2: And essentially, they follow a uh, pretty similar pattern. pattern. Um, in the case of the three people, um, Jerry Evans, Charles Armstrong, and Sean Murphy from the Cross Midland area, uh, they were all traveling on their own. They all disappeared without trace, without any sign of their whereabouts. Um, and um, there has been no indication from any source Of acceptance of responsibility for their disappearance. Um, In the case of young Simons, he just disappeared about a year ago today. Now um, one would imagine that in the normal course of events, uh, whether uh, the involvement was of a British Army uh, type, of a paramilitary type, or even if uh, there was just an ordinary criminal conspiracy abroad, that there would be some evidence as to what has happened. Those who say that they disappeared, that they've lost the memory, etc., have to take into account the fact that if, w- if it's said about one person, it may well be true, and it may be that one of the four people involved is suffering from amnesia. If you say that all four are suffering from amnesia, then what you're doing is stretching the bounds of credibility to a ludicrous extent, and entering and and, and entering into a state of mind that really uh, is quite imbalanced. What one must say is that the four disappearances stretch the bounds of credibility and enter the realm of conspiracy.
1: If there has been a conspiracy it would not be surprising that it should have occurred in Cross McGlen. At the main Dundalk Armagh crossroads, where you turn off to drive the last few miles to Cross McGlen, there's a small shrine. Unlike hundreds of shrines throughout the country, this one is not there to mark any local saint. Underneath, a large tricolour, a mural bears the inscription my brother is not a criminal, and on the roadside there are ten white crosses, one for each of the hunger strikers that died last year. From there to Cross McGlen, the drive through the Gullion Mountains is marked by black flags, tricolours and Republican slogans. In the town itself, even the concrete bollards are painted green, white and gold.
2: This area might have more heightened tension from time to time than other areas. It may have seen as many deaths as any comparative rural area, and with the exception of Belfast, probably has seen more deaths than most other areas. There has been a high level of violence for a long period of time. But to say that it's an exceptional area would be to distort the facts. Um, That makes it all the more peculiar that these people have gone missing.
1: Whether or not Cross MacLean is an exceptional area in terms of society in the north is open to question. What cannot be questioned is that it's a scared society, upset by the long and bloody history of violence in the area and now petrified by the growing number of disappearances in the region. Jerry Evans disappeared March 1979. No trace, no clue, no word. Charlie Armstrong disappeared August 1981. No trace, no clue, no word. And Sean Murphy disappeared December 1981. No trace, no clue, no word. Local GP, Dr O'Fee, is alarmed by the effect these disappearances have had on the families involved and on the whole community of Cross McGlen.
9: Well, of course, the waiting is the most terrible part of this. Every phone call and every knock on the door brings hope which is dashed when nobody is coming to tell them what has happened to their loved ones. I think probably the frustration involved in the immediate families and the nervous upset that accompanies this is the chief thing. Uh, In medical terms, of course, there's always the possibility of relatives or close acquaintances going into states of acute anxiety, depression, certainly tension headaches, and these things that we see in the surgery. definitely has the effect of increasing the number of psychological ailments that doctors see in their surgeries fear is probably the predominant uh, feature we see many more cases of anxiety especially amongst uh, young parents who are always worried when their adolescent boys especially are out worried that they'll get some message that something has happened to them, or if they don't come home in time, they're watching the clock, wondering why. Anxiety neuroses are much more common. Uh, People think that they require sedatives and tranquilizers, when, of course, that isn't the proper treatment. If it could be meted out to them, the proper treatment would be to spend an hour talking with most of them, But this is simply impossible with the number of psychological ailments we come up against. And I would like to appeal to anyone who may have any information about the people who have disappeared to please let the relatives know because even if it is to say that they are no longer alive, I know from personal experience that the the relatives would wish to get some definite information. In my opinion, not alone are these disappearances combined with the troubles in the area having a deleterious effect on the meagre families, but are also making this area a much more unhappy place to live in than it always has been.
1: The whole community of Cross McGlenn is shocked by the disappearance of these three men and worried that the area may be hit by even more disappearances. Local curate Father Mourne knows very well the desperate effect that
10: these disappearances have had. I am completely mystified as to why these should have happened. Perhaps if it individualised them. Armstrong Chase is completely baffling because he's a very much a home person, attached to his family, attached to the local community and involved in everything locally. And uh, it amazes me that three people could disappear without being seen or without any trace left behind of them. As for the community at large, uh, they are mystified also and they are um, sympathetic towards the tragedy that these families are asked to bear. I suppose on the surface it appear life is almost as normal or as ours, normal as it can be. But deep down there are a number of precautions people almost automatically take um with regard to opening door to strange knocks to see strange cars parked or streets to notice strange individuals knocking around all this they treat warily to put it mind uh, if any of them are dead it would help very much if the families were told about it because it would end their period of suspense and perhaps more importantly a funeral can provide a tremendous therapy for a family in bereavement.
1: One person who knows exactly how important it is to get the body back and have a funeral service is Renata Niedemeyer, daughter of German businessman Thomas Niedemeyer, whose body was finally recovered nearly seven years after he was kidnapped from his home in Belfast. For all that time, the Niedemeyer family waited for confirmation of what they feared and knew to be true, but had no proof of, that their father was dead. In the long history of trouble in Northern Ireland, the Niedemeyer case dragged on longer than any other. The wait for the family was a very long wait, and the relief when it was all over was immense.
11: When my father was fined, all happened very, very fast. I was just telephoned one morning uh, at work by the police, saying, that uh, could I please come to the station? And they weren't going to tell me what it was over the phone. It was a fairly good idea. So I arrived down, and uh, they were very kind. They explained what the situation was to me. And I waited around. Uh, until it was confirmed that it was my father's body that had been found. Curiously enough, actually, as the crow flies, it was about a mile from our house, and I had passed the spot many, many, many times. It was rather ironic to think he'd been there all the time. It was, in fact, under a rubbish tip, which I was quite fond of that. We could have chosen somewhere else that wasn't as as gory as that. Uh, My mother was relieved whenever she heard. She was very distressed, I think, at... at, um, uh, where he was found again under a rubbish tip in a, a very shallow grave. It, it did disturb her. But uh, she was very, very relieved that he'd been found. Um, we were called again to the police station to identify the clothing, which we in due course did. And then I think it was a few days after that that my father's funeral took place. It happened very, very quickly, and I don't think any of us really had time to think what was within days of the body being found. There were funeral arrangements to make, I mean, after seven years you don't think of things like that. So in due time he was buried, and um, as my father's coffin was being lowered into the grave, she um, took a rose from her wreath and threw it under the coffin. And uh, she was in a complete and absolute daze at that stage. Uh, it, it took a great deal out of her. I left early as I say, immediately after that, and a friend drove me home, and then I went home to my own cottage, and uh, I was fine. Two days after that, I was, at least immediately after that, I did all the things I usually have to, but so it was two days after that, so the life of me, I couldn't get up. It seemed as though I didn't have a bit of strength in me, so I stayed in bed all day, but the next day it all passed, and I was all right. And my mother, as she was staying with friends, my sister had come over for the funeral, and uh, it was like a big sigh of relief. It's all over, I'm thinking, it is
1: now. It seems that even a dead body and a Christian burial can provide some comfort and relief. Thomas Niedermeyer was missing for seven years before he was found, dead. For the families of Jerry Evans, Charlie Armstrong, Sean Murphy and Eugene Simons, the wait continues. For all of them, it's been a long wait. Can anyone, anywhere, help these families?
6: Well, it's going on so long now that I'd like to know one way or the other. But please, God, let it be
7: good news. We think that at this stage we'd we'd like to know one way or another. And um, but, Maureen and myself and the rest of the family would like to know one way or another uh, what has happened to him. And let him be alive or dead, we would like to know.